Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline where we will be joined by baby sleep expert Joe Ryan. Joe is here to help you if you have a baby or a toddler or any kind of challenges with sleep or behaviour. Hello Joe, how are you? Hello, well thanks. Um, if you're joining us live on Facebook, you can pop your questions under the video. If you're listening via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at parentbrand.com.au and uh, we will get through as many questions as we can. So, Joe, we'll just dive straight into it, I think. Yep. And I, am, I again, am in my shed. Uh, <laughs> the dog hopefully is ensconced inside with my husband but if you hear barking I've just realized that you it's very hard to stop a dog barking when he wants to bark so apologies if you hear that this question comes from Diane who says uh, my once great eater has turned to and has suddenly become so hard to feed she rejects she rejects anything that isn't fruit or bread no more meat spits out veggies and throws food on the floor. She throws tantrum in her high chair until I get her out. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Will she grow out of this phase? Well, it sounds like she's got a toddler on her hands there. Um, I'm not quite sure how old she is, but generally they do start around sort of 12 months, you know, when they There's become two years, toddler. sorry. She's oh, just two years. Yeah. 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 So classic toddler behaviour, really, um, you know, because they're at that stage of their development where they learn that they can push back and um, say no and, you know, have a little bit of control over their world. So um, and food is one of the first things that they really try to kind of control. Um, I mean, look, I guess the thing is the, the few things to consider when you're feeding a toddler is Try to keep meal times very short, like not don't let them drag on more than sort of thirty minutes. I think you know um, because they just get bored and they'll just want to move on. Um, feed them when they're hungry, so make sure that they are you know not snacking too much in the day. Obviously, toddlers also when they're hungry, their behaviour goes a bit um, bad, you know off as well. <laughs> I was going to say feral, but that doesn't sound like the right word. But you know. <laughs> Oh, no, parents of yeah. toddlers everywhere are going, oh, yes, feral is the yeah. right word. <laughs> it can be a little bit challenging. Um, so uh, make sure they're not too hungry but hungry enough to want to eat dinner. And um, the third thing was uh, make sure they're not too tired. So, you know, that they're not, you're not feeding them when they're tired because, again, they just won't be interested and it'll be difficult. So, um, look, they do start to dislike things and won't eat this and won't eat that and one day they will and one day they won't. Very normal behaviour. I think give them the stuff, always offer them the vegetables and the meat because it's really important. Obviously, if they don't see it, they don't know it, they won't want it. So always present it. Give them some, obviously, some control over mealtime so that they're feeding themselves. So lots of finger food, you know, things that they're interested in, but always have the food there and don't always just fall back on giving them what you know they'll, they'll eat. You know, obviously you can have that as well, but always present other options as well. You know, um, it is challenging. It will pass. But like I say, try to make it easier for yourself. Like don't let the mealtimes drag on for hours because that's just horrible you know, and um, offer the sort of foods that they don't want probably first, I think, you know, the mm -hmm. foods that aren't particularly, you know, inviting for them um, when they're hungry. 
Yeah. The next question comes from Amanda. She says, my eight-week-old seems to have a lot of wind. Every breastfeed, he pulls off the breast and starts to squirm and whinge and won't latch back on until I've sat him up for a burp. He always does a huge burp, sometimes with some vomit, then happily feeds a bit more. Is this normal? It can happen three or four times throughout a single breastfeed, so the feeds are taking forever. I feel like I spend my life on the couch feeding and burping him. Is is this much when normal for an eight-week-old or should I be looking into reflux or trying a different feeding position? Currently, I just cradle him on a feeding pillow in front of me on the, on the couch. So it is pretty normal, um, you know, burping a lot. Different. Everyone, all babies are different. Some of them have are more burpy than others. Often it can be related to the way they feed. So just watch that he, you know, if he's if you've got a lot of milk and he's doing a lot of gulping, um, that can sort of um, create a lot of wind as well. So if it's coming out very fast, you can do things like positioning him slightly with his head slightly raised above his tummy. You can also lean yourself back in the chair so it's not coming out so fast. So gravity kind of has to work against that to kind of get it out. Um, making sure you're not swapping sides too quickly because obviously when you're first starting feeding, he's getting a lot of foremilk. And if women have a lot of milk, then they do have a lot of foremilk and that can produce a bit of wind as well. So make sure he stays on the one side for as long as you can. And if you do swap, always swap back to side one just to finish it off. Um, it's not uncommon. And I think the fact that he's actually able to get the burps up is a really good thing because sometimes at least it's not staying down and then causing him some problems with sleeping and, you know, being uncomfortable. Regurgitation is really common in young babies. It's not what we would know as reflux. You know, reflux is when it comes up and hurts and burns. Regurgitation is really common because the opening to their tummies is very open. It's very, it's not sort of closed shut like it is with ours. So the milk kind of flows up and down um, easily. So, um, you know, keeping him upright after the feed just to make sure that it's all staying down the right way. They do generally grow out of it around three months. So hopefully that's what will happen and you'll just find that the burps are sort of less, you know, he'll be able to drink longer without needing a break. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't worry too much. I think it's pretty common. The next question comes from Danielle on Facebook. She says, hello, my child is two years, three months old and dropping day naps. They go down for bed by 6.37, but waking two to three times overnight. And then they're up for the day at 5 a.m. Are they overtired because of the dropped naps? When they were day napping, they would sleep through and wake at six. Yeah, probably, I would say. Um Two and three months? Two years and three months, yeah. Yeah. So, look, it's probably a little early to drop day naps completely, but some kids just refuse to nap in the day and there's not a lot you can do about it. But I would encourage you, if you can, to try to have some rest time or some time where they're in their cot or bed um, just not doing too much. I mean, toddlers are very, very active and so they get very tired very quickly. Um, often you need to adjust the day a little bit um, when they do drop that day nap and bring bedtime earlier. So, you know, you might find that bedtime needs to be around 6, 6.15 just for a little while until they get better. But I would say that, yes, definitely that 
sort of uh, wakefulness at night is because of the change in routine and the, the tiredness by not having that day nap. So if you can, reintroduce it. And if you can't, then make their day a little bit shorter. Carly says, my beautiful baby boy is seven weeks old and my partner and I are having a lot of trouble getting him to sleep anywhere but on our chests. He seems to love sleeping in that slightly upright position against our heart. And while it is so sweet, it's really got us both completely exhausted. We can only put him down into his bassinet or cot, or cot once he's totally zonked out. If we try to put him down before he's in a deep sleep, he just wakes up immediately and wails till one of us picks him up. This is particularly scary for us in the middle of the night. We're both so afraid to fall asleep with him and it's getting harder and harder. Is there anything we can do to help him start to settle in his own space or is he still a bit too young? We'd love any tips from the more experienced parents out there. Well, um, it's not uncommon and babies do love to be held. Some babies are like koalas and some babies are not. Some babies are very attached to being held um, in that position and obviously that position is with them on their tummies and then you're putting them down on their backs and, and it's a bit of a foreign kind of position and uh, they might like to be a little bit more upright, you know, if they've got a little bit of regurgitation or a little bit of wind or something as well. So lying him down might mean that he, you know, is uncomfortable. I would certainly not get too stressed out about it at this stage. He's very young at seven weeks, but I think by about 12 to 14 weeks, you would want him to be having most of his naps in the day and staying, you know, in the cot or at least the first couple of the day and then overnight being in the cot for most of the night. Um, I mean, I think the things to look out for in helping babies get used to the cot is obviously practice. The more you do it, the more he'll get used to it. And obviously if he's used to being held, he's going to want that because that's his kind of sleep cue. But you can change that. So you've just got to push through and maybe pick him up and put him down a bit, doing the pick up, put down, pick up, put down until he's kind of calm enough for you to maybe pat him off to sleep in the cot or get him, you know, nice and drowsy and then put him down and, you know, do the last bit in the cot. The first couple of naps of the day are probably the best time to try that and the first part of the evening when he's not too overtired, you know, particularly the first part of the day might work better. Um, and overnight they tend to be in their deepest sleep in that first part of the night. But just make sure that he's, you know, well-fed, that he's getting big full feeds, you know, um, uh, that he's not overtired. So he really should only be awake for an hour at a time. If, he's, if you're trying to put him down after that, he will not do it. You know, he will be distressed and you will have to hold him. So they're the two things with young babies to really look out for. And if you can kind of get the timing right, often then, you know, the falling asleep will flow on a bit more easily. Good luck. Jen, excuse me. Jen says, I would love some advice on toddler bedtime routines. My just turned three-year-old daughter is refusing her entire bedtime routine, instead running around the house, um, instead running around the house and dragging out the entire routine, sometimes for over an hour. It's often 9 or 10 p.m. before she finally settles to sleep. She only has a very occasional daytime nap now, and no matter how many activities I try to tire her out, it's the same every night. Bedtime starts at 8 p.m. and she's up for the day around 6 a.m. Help, is there anything I can do? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think it sounds like 
if she's not having a day nap, then I think that that's a good thing. But 8 p.m. sounds a bit too late. And often toddlers will wind up when they're overtired and then they kind of get their second wind and then it's like they're bouncing off the walls, a lot of them. Um, and so it's very hard to wind them down and get into that bedtime sort of place. Um, so I would maybe bring it back a bit earlier just to see how things go at 7. You know, I'm a big fan of the 7 p.m. bedtime just because, one, if she's she's still going to wake at 6, it's not going to mean she's going to wake earlier, so she's getting an extra hour of sleep. Plus, two, she they get their deeper sleep of the night in the evening, and so the more hours of that, the better, which means the next day she's not going to be so tired. And often with toddlers, again, you know, their behaviour is very much linked to how they're feeling and their tiredness. So if she's not tired, often her behaviour will be better. And then it will start to accumulate and then the bedtimes hopefully will become a little easier. But having good sleep hygiene or good routine, like what you've got, you've just got to stick with it and you've just got to be like, this is what we do and just implement that every night. Don't let her come out of the room after you know, she's in bed, you keep taking her back, you keep taking her back, you keep taking her back. You know, if there's like an option to kind of, oh, okay, eventually they're going to let me sit in the living room, watch telly with them, or, you know, I'm going to get another story or, you know, you have to just very be very clear, obviously very calm, but very clear about the boundaries. This is what we do. You were in bed, it's bedtime, you know, and just keep reinforcing that. And hopefully, eventually, she will catch on and she'll realise there's no point, you know, in running around. There's no benefit. There's no reward. There's no, you know, mum and dad aren't that much fun. And <laughs> Our next question comes from Belinda on Facebook. She says, "How hi, our 21-month-old is a great day napper, goes down on his own and sleeps approximately one and a half to two hours. But nightmare, nighttime can take us up to an hour to get him to settle. So he's in bed around 7 but not falling asleep till around 8. He then wakes up around 10 to 12 and cries to come into our room and sleep. We have caved and let him sleep with us so we all get some sleep. He shares his room with his six-month-old brother who sleeps all night. How do we get out of this? Okay, so there's a couple of things I would look at, like the bedtime. What time is he having his day nap? Like is it too late in the afternoon? Because if he's sleeping too late in the afternoon, he won't be tired enough at 7 o'clock. So I would bring his middle-of-the-day nap earlier, like sort of 12, if it's it's any later than that, and and cap it at an hour and a half. So he's up at 1.30 and then he's, you know, he's up till bedtime at sort of, say, 6.30, 7pm and asleep around 7 Midnight is a very common wake time. Uh, That's when they're coming out of their deep sleep. So it's a transitional phase of their night. So they can wake up and they can wake right up because they've had a big chunk of deep sleep. Again, you know, the more you kind of let him into your bed, and I totally get it, totally get it, who wants to be up in the middle of the night. But I think just for a couple of nights when you feel like you can face it, just keep taking him back to bed, keep taking him back to bed. If there's no reward, like I said, the previous one if there's no reward then they just stop waking okay and also if he if he's falling asleep earlier he's going to be getting beautiful deep sleep and hopefully that midnight wake will also just pass because often when they go to bed too late and a bit too wired they will wake at those kind of transitional phases of the night so yeah bring his bedtime earlier uh, I mean his nap time earlier bedtime ritual and just take him back during the night. Don't let him get into your bed. Mm. 
Good luck. Julie on Facebook says, um, my 14-month-old goes to bed around 7, 7.30 p.m. and usually sleeps for 11 to 12 hours, but he sometimes wakes and won't resettle unless he sleeps next to me. His cot is still in my room, so I'm considering putting him in his own room. What can I do to help him resettle and overcome the fear of him being in a completely separate room? Uh, Well, again, it's really just about practice, okay? So I think, you know, sometimes children surprise you. You move them into their own room and everything sort of falls into place. The thing is with his being 18 months, did he? 14. 14 months, yeah. But he's kind of in his separation anxiety developmental phase. So, you know, they do become very attached to someone being near them. But you can gently, you know, gently kind of separate that or or help him through that by sort of moving him and then, you know, going to him but then leaving, you know, so he gets to know that, you know, he's okay. So the thing is about it's about not leaving him to cry on his own, always going to him but leave, you know, and even if it means going in and out regularly like every 30 seconds to a minute, you know, when he's, if, you know, he's calm, you leave, he winds up again, you go back, you know. So he, it's about building up trust that he knows you're around. But definitely when they're in your room, when they're older, they can get very attached to looking over and checking that you're there and that can cause the sleep disturbances as well. So I think um, moving him, you know, would be a good idea and like I say it might surprise you and he might do it very easily he's still quite young so the change is not going to be sort of dramatic I don't think um but yeah I think it could it could help all of you sleep a bit better Mm. this question comes from Helena she says hi ladies I'm after some advice for my five-year-old son I note I notice he has been playing with his penis a lot lately Whenever he's sitting still, like watching TV or in the car seat, his hands go straight to his pants. He's just playing with it really, sort of absent-mindedly, it seems. I know that exploring his body is absolutely normal and I'm not really worried about it as a developmental thing. What worries me is that he starts big school next year and that if he does it there without even thinking about it and gets teased, should I be teaching him to only touch himself when he's in a private place like his bedroom? I don't want him to feel any shame, so I haven't said anything to him as I have no idea how to approach it. Help. Yeah, look, it's a tricky one, really. I mean, you know, I think I think if he's old enough, then it's okay to tell him that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but these things happen in, you know, your own private little place, you know, and, and I think at five that, and, you know, that that's, that's kind of probably old enough to understand that or start to understand that. Um, and there doesn't have to be any shame around saying that. You, you say everybody does it, you know, it's not uncommon. And, but these are things that we, you know, there are certain things that we do privately. You know, um, I mean, he might just naturally not do it at childcare anyway without you having to intervene because, you know, kids really want to be like their peers. They don't want to seem different. So he might sort of um, pick up on the fact that, you know, other kids aren't doing it. You know, you could also ask his childcare carers what their advice might be because they might have some, you know, 
some good tips. But I, I really, I really wouldn't worry about it. As you say, it's very common, and most kids do stop. I mean, obviously there are some grown men who still do that, but you know, <laughs> um, hopefully that will not be your son, Helena. <laughs> no, that will not be your son. Um, <laughs> You know, so I think I would just wait and see what happens. And, and you know, if you feel like you need to say something, you can say it in a very positive way, like how we all do it. We all like it. But we it's one of those things, like going to the toilet, that you do privately, you know. So it's not an unusual or shameful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question comes from Emmy, who says, my 18-month-old was bitten quite badly at daycare a couple of times and has now started to bite also. The situation at daycare was dealt with quite well by the staff and the other parent was notified. It has been about two weeks since the last bite and now this week my son has bitten both myself and his four-year-old brother when he's gotten frustrated over something. For me, it was simply that I could not give him my full attention. He was tugging on my pants and then suddenly just bit my leg. I've told him firmly that we don't bite and showed him the sore arm he had caused his brother when he bit him. I gave his brother lots of attention to show him that biting does not get him what he wants, but is there anything else I should be doing to drum it into him that biting is not okay? At 18 months, he's not really taking it in, and I'm not sure if I'm doing enough to teach him. Uh, it's it, Look, it's very common. Biting is a very common thing that young toddlers do because it's a frustration response when they can't verbalise, they can't ex- express themselves in the way they want, you know, and obviously he's wanting attention and he's worked out that that's worked and, you know, whether he's, le- you know, learnt that from being bitten himself, I would assume so, you know, but um, uh, it sounds like you're doing all the right things, you know, showing, you know, his sibling attention first, you know, try not to over react I guess because if he is wanting attention often toddlers will continue to do that thing when they're not getting it because they know ultimately that's the last resort I'll do that thing because I'll get her attention um just being mindful that you can spend some you're spending enough one-on-one time with him you know every day I know it's hard when you've got more than one child and you're busy doing other things but just giving him that even 15 or 20 minutes of one-on-one attention where you're not doing a whole lot of other things or there's no other child around, that can be enough to satisfy, you know, obviously he's at childcare, um, you know, so he's he might just be seeking that that he's, that he's lost or, or that he's not getting anymore, that things have changed. Um, so just be mindful that you can give him some of that and that generally kind of tempers a little bit of that behaviour Um, if that's what they're looking for. But yeah, telling him that we don't bite, that you don't, you don't like it. You say, I don't like it. You use the first person. Uh, It hurts me. I don't like it, you know, and whether the consequence is that you, you know, I mean, it's hard to be, I, I don't believe in timing kids out or anything like that, but I think just telling him that you don't like it and removing him just away from you, not in another room or in a corner, um, or if he's biting his brother or sibling that you, you know, you go to that child first, you know, um, that can be enough to kind of sort of show them that it's, it's you know, it's not great and, and that you don't like it. But um, I do think it passes, you know, 18 months is very young, you know, so it's, it's you've got to remember where developmentally he's at. He will not understand 
anyone else's point of view, okay? So you have to sort of physically show him, remove, you know, um, keep saying the same thing, stop, I don't like it. Um, but, you know, if, if he's feeling that it's working, he's probably going to keep doing it until he can express himself a little bit more until things change. So just be mindful of that. But, yeah, sounds like you're on the right track. Yeah. Kenzie says, hi, ladies, I'd love to know how to go about switching our baby from the baby bath to the shower. We don't have a bathtub in our home and at 10 months old, she's fast outgrowing the baby bath. We've taken her in the shower with us before. We told her to sit in the bottom of the shower with her, uh, sit in the bottom of the shower with her. We hold her, sorry, or sit in the bottom of the shower with her, but she only tolerates it for a minute or two, then starts wailing to come out. What are we going to do when she really can't fit in the baby bath anymore? Yeah, well, again, with anything like this, it's all about practice. So you could just do little bits at a time. It sounds like, you know, just a quick wash. Get in there with you guys, obviously, that helps. Um, if you've got one of those shower, you know, handheld shower things, so, sh you know, it's not on her the whole time, you know, so you can spray her rather than it just coming down because it can be a bit, I guess, scary maybe for them if they're not used to it. Um, but little bits at a time and try not to make sure, you know, try not to let the water just be on her the whole time if you can. So if you can turn the shower head away or whatever it might be. But it's just about practice. Kids will always get used to something the more they do it, you know. So obviously she's used to the bath, but soon, you know, it'll be the shower, you know. So she's going to have to get used to that. Um, I just practice it. Yeah. You could even try moving the baby bath into the bottom of the shower if you're not already and just, you know, sit her in that, in the shower for a bit before you take it away. Yeah, and before you know it, they'll be like my children and never get out of the shower. Yes. <laughs> just drain all your That's hot right. water. Exactly. Uh, this question comes from Michaela. She says, my three-year-old is really struggling with the arrival of her new baby sister who is now four months old. Before Bub arrived, she was really excited about being a big sister. But now that Bub is home and we've settled into the new feeding routines, etc., my older daughter has started to show some weird behaviours. She doesn't like to touch or hold her baby sister. She refuses to help me when I try to involve her in things for the baby, like nappy changes, etc. And she's also acting much more babyish herself now wanting to be rocked in her dad's arms at bedtime again, but not mine, asking for a breastfeed. We stopped breastfeeding her at 12 months of age. She's also acting out for me, but not so much for her dad. She will defy me, refusing to do as I ask, and throw tantrums when I ask her to wait for something. But she isn't doing that stuff with her dad. Is she punishing me? I'd love any tips to help her settle into her big new big sister role. Well, I think everything that she's doing is really um, normal reaction to, you know, a, a new baby. And obviously children respond differently to that. Um, I don't think she's punishing you as such, but she's just not happy with the, the, the status quo has changed and your attention is elsewhere, you know, and that's very normal. Um, I think you need to let her just naturally come around, you know, and don't force her to do anything she doesn't want to do. You know, you don't want to create a sort of ongoing um, resentment, you know. Um, children 
the regression is very normal when you know there's a new baby comes into the house obviously they see that you know this baby is helpless and and is getting all your attention so that's what happens to them and obviously it, it, often it's around behavior or sleep or toilet training all of those things can regress when there's a new baby in the house I think it's important for you to try, like I said previously, and just spend some one-on-one time with her when the baby is not around. So when the baby's asleep or when your partner can take the baby out of the picture for a little bit, because your daughter is probably waiting for when that baby will leave, you know, because that's what <laughs> do. Like, she's still here. Like, when is that baby going? You know, I don't like her anymore. <laughs> and the notion of being a big sister is very different to the reality. And, you know, she's only three, so she does not understand the concept of being a big sister or, you know, it's just a, a thing that you've talked about. But that that goes out the window when the reality is there, you know, um, because before she was the centre of your universe and now she's not. So you've got to remember that that's a massive change. And three is relatively developed for that, that to happen, you know. So I think for you I would, you know, really try to spend at least half an hour a day, one-on-one time with her, you know, where there's no baby, you're not doing 10 other things, which I know you will be wanting to do because that's what we do, but just try to have, even if it's sit down, play a game, read a story, you know, that sort of thing with her. And often I wouldn't feel bad about her going towards her dad. That's normal. normal. That's what what happens. And that's nice for them. It's not always going to be like that. I mean, as you know, children flip-flop from parent to parent as they grow but right now she needs some stability and that that's her stability and so that's a nice thing that's not a bad thing and try not to feel like she's shutting you out it's just where things are at at the moment um but just let her be let, let her be that baby if she wants to be for a bit there's nothing wrong with that she won't want to be forever you know mm-hmm. so I think if you just try to yeah get through it have some time with her and hopefully things will it's only been four months it's not very long yeah well Joe, we've run out of time so thank you so much for joining us and for all that great advice and You're if you didn't welcome. get to uh, put your question to Joe, remember that we do have uh, Joe is one of our experts at babyology's parent school you can book a one-on-one session with Joe. And she can talk you through whatever your specific situation is. And we will be back next week again. So uh, take care, be safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.